0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Quick question. Are we 100% on for today? Uh, no, we're definitely on. Oh, 100%. Okay.
2: No, I was just double-checking. I just had a little moment of self-doubt there where it it dawned on me what truly is about to happen, so. But no turning back, right? If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Bad boy. Four, five, six. V.I.G.
3: So police in one panhandle town, they're looking for a man that they've dubbed the crapper man after a camera caught him defecating in public. Uh, The police chief is uh, very angry about this saying it really stinks when people don't give a crap about their town.
4: Why are you doing this? What
3: is wrong with you? Oh, no! Oh, you're naughty! And I see what you've done. What we call in this business,
5: clever wordplay. And now. No, I don't have... When I listen to never would play that. Our feature presentation. (laughs) Right? Whoa. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Not sure what that was either. I agree. Morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin and Bean Show. It's Tuesday morning, the 13th of November. Happy birthday to our good friend Jimmy Kimmel today. Oh, how about that? How about that? Hey
1: God. um it's hard to think about anything but the fires right now. Right. And I do have a uh, an uplifting uh, happy story, but let me ask this question first. Okay. When you and I guess the death toll now is officially close to 50 now mm-hmm. in California. Um they they keep saying 200 unaccounted for. Now do you think a lot of those people are people who just went to hotels and stuff or went and drove away to other cities I mean, I would or hope with friends. So. Because it's hard to, I mean, of course it's possible, but it's hard to imagine that there were 200 people that were just overcome and overwhelmed by flames moving that fast in towns like Paradise. I guess it's possible, but is that what they're, I mean, what do you guys think? What what have you
5: heard?
4: I think 95% of the deaths are in Paradise, are Mm -hmm. up in Northern California. Right, right. But that whole town is decimated. The whole town is gone. The whole town's gone, yeah. So I wouldn't doubt that, a lot of those people are missing because they're dead.
5: But then wow. there's there's also like two families at our house.
4: Mm-hmm. You
5: had some people at your house. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know how but those people are canted,
4: that's counted. That's down here. Okay. That up there, I mean, it's a very different way of life But there up were there.
5: certainly people who
1: evacuated in Paradise. Though, Absolutely. Who got the word. I mean, they went somewhere. But I guess the question is, by now, wouldn't they have figured out a way to call somebody, right? Right. I mean, that's just a... Every time, I mean, my skin crawls every time I hear 200 unaccounted for, you know, it's just, it's hard to fathom that, that level of, uh, of death and destruction. Yeah. So I promised you a happy story. And this one comes from the camp fire. This is a guy named Diane, excuse me, a man named Dane Cummings. He drives a trash truck. He works for waste management. And he was ordered uh, to cut his route short because of the fire and head back. But he did not. He ignored his boss's direct order because he wanted to get to a part of town where he knew there were lots of older residents that might need help. He wanted to make sure everybody had gotten the word and had gotten out that this fire was coming and it was serious. And sure enough, he sees on the front porch of her house a 93-year-old woman named Mm. Margaret Newsom whose caregiver was off for the day, and she was just sitting out on the porch. She had gotten up as usual, had some oatmeal, turned on the TV, saw there was a serious fire in Paradise, and she didn't know what to do. She doesn't have any family in the area, didn't know who to call, so she just was sitting out on her front porch with her two cats. And the trash guy comes by and says, not today, hop in. And Apparently, by the but way, first they have... we got to make
5: like six stops. <laughs> <laughs> the trash has to be picked up,
1: <laughs>
4: and I got to talk to you about your recycling. You're not doing <laughs> too great, <laughs> Nana. <laughs> Seriously,
5: you got to take the caps off the milk jugs.
1: What are you doing? So, uh, so she, so she's 94 and fairly, uh, excuse me, 93, fairly frail. So he loads her up into the trash truck, and off they go. And it was more than a five-hour drive. Down the hill, down the mountain to get out of town because of the fires. Can wow. you imagine how horrifying that was mm. and how we've seen so many videos on the news lately of people who are driving down a road and they're, shoot, they're shooting you – know, they've either got a dash cam or they've got their phone up and you see flames on both sides of the road closing, closing in on them. You just can't believe they were able to make it through. There was a lot of that kind of white-knuckle driving yeah. getting this 93-year-old woman out. Hero, right? This guy. Yeah. Here's what's fascinating to me. And I think this is a bigger this is even a, a bigger takeaway from the story besides the fact that this Mr. Cummings is a goddamn hero for saving this woman's yeah, life. Dating. Uh he does say that it was one of the best conversations he's ever had in his life oh. and he he wished he had met her when he was younger, he would have married her.
4: Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh
1: I think there's a real spark, a real love connection. <laughs> she uh for five hours, you're talking to this woman, by the way. And I know that's uh, that's hell on earth for you, Kevin, to think about talking to an old person for five hours.
5: No, nope, just driving behind one. <laughs> <laughs> just driving behind one driving behind one. She told
1: his, her entire life story, by the way, including how she had broken a bunch of bones while hang gliding at age 70. Wow. Including being with her future husband in the Marine Corps, living together uh, on the water at Pearl Harbor. When the attack came, the Japanese planes flying over so close she could see the pilots, she said. I mean, this is living history, wow. right? Wow. She also told about the time she spent in Las Vegas as a backup singer, singing for Frank Sinatra,
5: Sammy Davis okay. Jr., and Dean Martin. She's making stuff up now.
1: No, <laughs> she's
4: just rad.
5: She has lived a life, right? <laughs> She was a background
1: singer. She said she was hired for a job and wasn't told who she would be singing with. She showed up at the interview, and there was Frank, Sammy, and Dean, and they said, we're thrilled to have you working with us. And she was just speechless. She said it was one of the best times of her life. And I guess what I'm trying to say is I love old people. And if we take time to talk to old people, not everybody is going to be Margaret. But old people have stories to tell, and old people have lived a life, and old people have seen some stuff. You know what I mean? Sure. And it's sad to think about all those stories every day that are dying with him, and we don't even know about them. So, I don't know. I just think every, everything about this story made me smile. The fact that he went out of his way to help a person, the fact that he was able to help a person, and the fact that it went so well for both of them. And I think that they are going to be, for however much longer Margaret has left, I, I think they, they are going to be friends. Don't you? I can just about
6: walk.
4: I can't hold day walk. I can't see too
1: far, and I can't hear too good. Yeah. And there she is, right there. Do you think Sounds Margaret's like, she's doing
4: great. like sitting in the cab of that truck, just going, "You know what? All my stuff's going to be burned. They won't find anything. I can make anything up." So she's like here's what happened next. <laughs> uh-huh. Then I was
5: knighted by the queen. Right. Then
4: I was a fight. But that was after, and, uh, after I
5: came back from space, though.
4: <laughs> I mean, she, oh, uh, I love her. I,
5: I hope we don't
1: find out it's all dementia and she, none of this stuff ever happened. And she was born in that house and has never
5: left it before. I hope that's not the story, because I like the story I read. <laughs> so do we. How does that come to your mind? Well,
4: maybe because Ali said, "I'm so sorry for even wow. putting that out." there. I
5: cast doubt on it, saying that maybe it wasn't I true. I was totally
4: kidding. I'm t- I bet all that stuff happened because Margaret hope so. is rad. But I do. Agreed. But what did concern me about your story was you just talked about all those people. How could it be true? Mm-hmm. That's a woman sitting on her porch just waiting for someone. There's a lot of old people in Paradise.
1: Yeah. Yeah, now yeah, yeah. I'm very
4: concerned that that number might be more right on target. Yeah.
1: That makes me too. real
4: sad.
5: Well, that wasn't the intention. It wasn't, wasn't as up as <laughs> okay. we thought. I was
1: just, it was so so I brought, to make I brought the story
4: down twice?
5: <laughs> you cool. <did>. All right. <laughs> you did. You killed it. Let's talk about today's Kevin Abito, shall we? Dumb. Mm-hmm. Super dumb, right? The dumbest. Oh, <laughs> well, the early
1: reviews are in. Jesus.
5: <laughs> we would like to talk to you if your neighbors called the cops on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out this has happened to me. I know that's a surprise. Shut I don't up. think that's ever happened to me. I mean, yeah, you don't strike me as the kind of person who would do anything that the neighbors would complain about. Right. Yeah. You don't hear any noise coming out of my
1: house after right. 8, 8.30, so I can't imagine why they would call. <laughs> after 5, 5.30, you mean.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Allie, the dream interpreter today. Oh, great. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Brad... Oh, Allie, I
1: need, I need some help on a dream. oh No, no. Sorry, Chip. Sorry, Uh-oh. Chip. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: author Brad Meltzer will join us today. Oh, we love Brad. Love him Best. so much. He writes books faster than I can read them. He does. That's true, yeah. Uh, we also have Bean Makes His Guess. We have mm-hmm. a man. Who, we're going to introduce you to a man who married a hologram.
4: Huh. <laughs> okay.
5: Married a hologram. And in the 6 o'clock hour, we've got your tickets for the K-Rock Almost to Christmas as well. So we'll take a break. We'll come back with what's happening next.
1: It's Kevin and Bean. K-Rock. Q. Time for our very first look at what's happening here on this Tuesday morning. Hey, Allie.
4: Hey, Bean. Well, we all knew it was a matter of time before we lost the great Stanley, but yesterday was the day. The comic giant was taken by ambulance from his LA home to Cedar Sinai, where he later passed away. The cause of death, not yet known, but he had been sick this past year with everything from pneumonia to the flu. Yeah. So when you're 95, yeah. As as much as he was, you know, out and about and always just very lively, you get sick at that age and and that's usually a bad, bad sign.
1: It is uh, hard to encapsulate the impact that somebody like Stan Lee made on the world yeah. over his 70-year career, isn't Absolutely.
4: it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, he began at what was then Timely Comics in 1939. He made about eight bucks a week. And then over the years, he was a writer, editor, occasional illustrator. In the early 60s, he was asked to come up with a team of superheroes to compete against DC's Justice League, because they were just number one. They were dominating everything. So Marvel revitalized the comic business with a series of flawed, yet more human superheroes. They lived in the real world, struggled with everyday challenges. First came the Fantastic Four, and then following that... They introduced characters such as Spider-Man, the Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, X-Men, Daredevil, and all of these new superheroes all created between 1961 and 1964. Quite a creative wow. burst. <laughs> Quite a creative it, burst right then. You hugely... just a
1: name a couple of those and you go, okay, that's a oh, career. Yeah. Like if you had just created Daredevil, that's enough. But right. then you add, you know, the Black Panther and everybody else that he created. It's just, it's amazing how much came out of one man's mind.
4: Yeah, well, those ones, uh, just in that short amount of time, allowed Marvel to surpass DC. And um, they, they haven't really looked back, really. No, they haven't. Have they? Yeah. But it wasn't all joy for uh, Stan Lee. Through the success of the movies and making the characters worth billions, um, Stan Lee maintained that he saw very little of that wealth. In 2002, he sued Marvel for royalties. He said he was owed for Spider-Man. He settled for $10 million. And then in 2009, the Walt Disney Company bought Marvel for $4 billion. Yeah. Wow. And then it seemed like the hits just kept coming for him because in July 2017, he lost his beloved wife, Joan. They were married for 69 years, you guys. He sued executives at POW Entertainment, a company that he founded in 2001. And then he rescinded that. And then all that stuff with all of his kind of I don't. I don't even want to call them cl- close circle because it yeah. seemed like a lot of them were using him and maybe sw- swaying him in ways that they shouldn't have been. So yeah, it, it seemed, seemed like there
1: was some elder financial abuse. Absolutely,
4: bit, yeah. he sued his ex-manager, filed a restraining order against him. It just all took a lot of really sad turns this past you can make year.
1: Anything ugly today?
5: What?
4: Wow. Well, Allie. it's oh. part of it's part of his. It's story, part of the story. I you know? know, it really is. So, um, but I don't know if you saw online. I mean, everybody that has ever been in a superhero, watched a superhero movie, anyone basically with a pulse was sending out um, their thoughts on him. And the thing that struck me was how many people across the board we're talking from actors to writers to people at comic cons to just some dude walking down the street how many people had pictures with stanley which (laughs) speaks to how accessible he was and how just kind and he always seemed to have a moment for other people which is a lovely thing
5: and not a given for all celebrities
4: oh absolutely not
5: no
1: one had more fun at Comic-Con than Stan Lee, that's for sure.
4: Absolutely. And and even the times we've had him on this
1: show over the many you know many years we've been talking to Stan, I mean, was anyone more excited about whatever it was he was talking about than Stan Lee? No. You would think he would be over it after 70 years, but he every day he seemed to wake up and be energized and excited and just grateful to be able to do the work he
4: loved. I think so. the last time we had him on was a couple years ago. And my God, you think to yourself before you're, you go into the phone... 93 year old man. Right. This, might
5: not? We should talk so slowly. Great. Like,
4: what do we do? And he's just like, hey guys, how's everyone doing? Like, right. What the hell? And then Why? I was like, he
5: should talk slowly for me.
4: I'm in trouble up. You could slow it down for Kevin. That would, <laughs> that would be beneficial to all of us. But now I
1: did hear that he already filmed his Avengers 4 cameo though. So we do at least have one more, one more of those to look forward to on the big screen.
4: Excellent. Excellent. Well, rest in peace to Stanley. And I don't know what you believe, but it does make me feel a little bit better that he's possibly somewhere with his beloved wife. Did I make it better, Bean?
1: Yeah, that was, yeah. That was a nice hopeful note. I mean, it's not true, but it was a nice oh. hopeful
4: note. <laughs> Worst. I mean, <sighs>
1: sad, but yeah, a good effort. <laughs>
4: Okay. All right. I mean, I'll take it from you. I'll take it from you today. Fail, but you tried. (laughs) Right. Great job. Good effort. Um, This is kind of a funny story. Fans have noticed that Kate Middleton and Prince William have been more, well, let's just say into each other as of late. And royal watchers are saying maybe it's because they're watching Prince Harry and Meghan Markle be a little bit more hand-holdy and touchy and they're like, let's
5: step it up, guys. Really, do you think they're stepping it up? Can
4: you imagine? Here is what body language expert Judy James told the Daily Mail. This is my favorite quote. It's unusual to see William taking the lead in terms of public touch rituals. (laughs) But on Remembrance (laughs) Sunday, he performed the back touch ritual, even splaying his thumb out to signal a rather protective form of affection. Back-touch ritual? uh, He's rubbing his wife's back. Just say that, you weirdos. God (laughs) damn. Uh, Splaying his thumb out to signal a rather protective form of affection. (laughs) He's rubbing her back. If he does it with a fist, he's a creep. He's rubbing her back. Have these people never touched anyone?
1: I don't know, but the magnifying glass those royal family members live under must be hell.
4: Wouldn't it be awesome? A lot of
1: advantages to being in the royal family. That's a real disadvantage.
4: Wouldn't it be awesome, though, if just one day... Prince William is just like, listen, I'm going to hump your leg and just, like, pretend you don't notice it. I'm just going to hump your leg. Let's see how the world reacts. Oh, it would be the greatest. That would be the
5: greatest. I agree. And then they just deny it. What deny- are you talking about?
4: That never happened. That never happened. Ridiculous. I love it. Oh, Some birthdays for you guys. Whoopi Goldberg, Gerard Butler, Jimmy Kimmel, whatever happened, Yay! What's that- whatever happened to that guy.
1: I don't know. No. homeless! I think. I know. I lost track of him after the man show.
4: Yeah, that's sad. And met a world peace, and that's what's happening.
2: It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Oh. K Rock.
1: Throughout the years, here on the Kevin and Bean Show, we have brought you uh, many stories of people who have just been desperate to be married. We had that woman who married herself a sure. couple of years ago. Yes. Remember, yeah. had a whole ceremony for herself. What well, How she's doing? We. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope they. I hope they didn't split up. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, just last week we brought you the lady who married a tree. Yeah, for instance, sure. there are some people who just want to be married, mm-hmm. and uh, Kahiko Kondo is one of those. Although he has been in love with this woman for ten years, he just got married. Uh, she's a virtual reality singer, by the way. I'm in, sorry. In Japan. And in Japan, they were way ahead of us on the AI. You know, we're starting to see more and more AI in. But Japan, they have had these pop superstars over there who do not exist. They are just virtual reality. And they have enormous followings and sell millions of records. And they have movies and who they have does dolls the, and they have fan clubs. Who does the actual singing and writing of songs and all that stuff? Oh, I'm sure Is it's just the studio. 90s? Yeah, just behind huh. the scenes studio musician, but they create these personas, huh. which I'm sure I'm sure the music industry over there goes, "Hey, this is great. We never have to worry about this singer, you know, running out of hits or you know, embarrassing Not us, right? <laughs> Not showing up, exactly. Yeah, I mean they, ha- I mean they're so far ahead of us with this technology. And this guy, Mr. Kondo, just fell in love with this singer about ten years ago. Her name is Hats- Hatsune Miku. And he just had a wedding. He married his virtual reality girlfriend, as he calls her.
5: Okay.
4: How does that work? work? My question is: Do you think, like a you know, when a lot of people become unattainable sex symbols, they try to keep their private life private, right? So Mm -hmm. if you find out that somebody's married, maybe that lessens your interest in them. Like, oh, now they're married; they'd never marry me. (gasps) What if he's now taking away the dreams of so many other people? She becomes just destitute because no one's (laughs) buying her stuff anymore. (laughs) This is horrible. It's a you know, hologram, you
5: know that, right? Wait, what? But mm-hmm. no, but
1: Ali's making a really good point. There's a reason why the One Direction guys or whatever, when they get married, they keep it on the down low because mm-hmm. they want to keep that fantasy alive for their female right. fans. So, yeah, you're right. What's this going to do for her? <sighs> oh, I'm, for Mikusad, right? I'm
4: very concerned. <laughs>
1: I'm very concerned about the 40 guests that showed oh, up at the yes. wedding.
4: Oh, that, yes.
1: to me, seems like a lot of enabling going on. Yes. Instead of a lot of 40 people saying, hey, listen, Akihito, no, you're not marrying a hologram, all right? Uh, the wedding cost around $17,000.
4: What? Wow. She ate a ton.
1: Nice. <laughs> <Right? laughs> um, she tied the knot with Miku, who, by the way, of course, couldn't be there because she's, you know, virtual reality. Sure. So she, she appeared in the form of a cat-sized stuffed doll, which, oh. by the way, is the same doll that he took to buy the engagement ring. He took the doll into a jewelry store to buy a ring that she wears around the doll's
5: arm. This is a beautiful love story.
1: Mm. I've never cheated on her. I've always been in love with Miku-san. Shocking. He said. <laughs> I've been thinking about her every day, he says. Um, he also considers himself an ordinary married man. His holographic wife wakes him up each morning and sends him off to his job as an administrator at a school. Now, should he be around children? Oh, no. <laughs> In the evening, when he tells her by cell phone that he's coming home, she turns on the lights. Later, she tells him when it's time to go to bed. Now, there aren't enough details in the story to let me know how that happens. Is she, like, tied into his Alexa or something?
4: Uh, yeah. I would like, assume so. Absolutely. She sounds like an alarm clock. Right. and And uh, something that can turn on the lights, turn on the sprinklers, do all that. Right. She's a virtual assistant. She's yeah. a slave, so in other words, really.
1: Yeah, right. He's hired this woman just so he can get all get her to do all his work for uh, him. Married.
5: You said hired. It's oh, married. Sorry, married. Yes. yes.
1: Uh, he sleeps alongside the doll version of her that attended the wedding, complete with the wedding ring that fits around her left wrist. I don't want to know beyond the sleeping. I don't want to know you do. How, how that works. You do want to know. Um, <laughs> this will surprise you. Gatebox, which is the company that makes the virtual reality singer, says that they have issued more than... Three thousand certificates for cross dimension marriages, what? for her. It doesn't say. I, for I all imagine. Of their characters? I would imagine among all of their characters, this guy's not the only crazy one who wants to marry a hologram. You guys, like we thought when we saw the article. Yeah, they we were like, there's, over th- there's yes! one
5: dude who has lost it. Yes. How many? Now here...
1: Over three dimension oh, cross-dimensional marriages—they're called. He says he's getting a tremendous amount of support, by the way, and he's happy to be this. You know, he's happy to be the face of the movement. He, he's trying to help people. Look, if you want to have a wedding, have a wedding. I did it; you can do it. Here's where it starts to get weird oh, because I all right. he, now here. it's getting weird. Here. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the man was just maybe a little eccentric or something. Mm-hmm. Apparently, his path to Miku came after difficult encounters with women
4: Mm. girls
1: would say drop dead creepy otaku he recalled using a japanese term for geeks that can carry a negative connotation then as he got older he says a woman at a previous workplace bullied him into a nervous breakdown and he became determined to never
5: marry hold on so you're saying that a guy who married a hologram Mm -hmm. had problems with women Appear apparently so. <laughs> apparently that that
1: is uh, that is where this came from. This will surprise you, by the way. That in Japan, um, one in four men at fifty years old has never been married. Twenty five percent of men at fifty, wow, have never been married. Which is also a surprise to me. But
5: Just, is this what, guy married? I mean, he married a hologram for God's sakes. Yeah. Does that count yeah. as
1: married? I, I don't think it would have legal standing. Right. I don't, yeah. Miko uh, Mikosan is the woman I love a lot, wrapping up now, and also the one who saved me. Although he is uh, happy to be with his 3D woman, he says he has no interest in romance with another one, no matter how much his mother pushes for him. Two-dimensional characters can't cheat, age, or die, he points out. Oof. I'm not seeking these in real women. It's impossible. Someone's been, been said- hurt. Yeah. He says trying to get him to marry a flesh-and-blood woman is not right. It would be as if you were talking trying to talk a gay man into dating a woman or a lesbian into a relationship with a man. So he thinks hmm. he has found the perfect partner for him, and I think he's right. Do they? I don't, um, do I don't they, think he's going to do better.
5: Can they – are they able to
1: – Well, I don't think so. I mean, he has the doll – Right. But, uh and the and then the virtual reality that sits on his desk, by the way, that costs twenty eight hundred dollars, the little <sighs> virtual reality hologram. Mm. So look,
4: if he's happy, sure. I guess yeah. we say more power to you, right? Go for <laughs> it. Listen, if a dude is going to be married to a hologram and not killing women because he's mad that women don't like him, mm-hmm. marry all the holograms. Do yes.
7: it. Do it. More you're saying stay
4: off the incel websites. Just Uh deal with your little hologram lady. (laughs) Have her turn on the sprinklers, turn on the lights, maybe heat something up in the microwave. More (laughs) power to you, sir. God bless you.
2: (laughs) It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock.
1: All right, you guys. Let me just say. (laughs) <laughs> Don't you start way. with oh, Don't Shoot no. the Messenger. No, I'm just telling you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you this picked a, a co- bad
1: list, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> it's, it's a great list, but it's going to be controversial, and here's why. Uh, well, let's do the big intro first. It's time for B-Mix's Guess. b
3: Guess,
1: yeah. Ooh, ooh. Brr.
3: b Guess, yeah. Who
1: gets penis slapped?
3: Bean is a dick.
1: Pretty dope, man. Brr. Just want to tell ya. I am the dumbest human that ever lived.
3: Now it's time for b Guess. Yes.
1: Brr. It is the most uh, wonderful time of the year, and we're thinking holidays, and we're thinking holiday movies. And this list is about the best Christmas movies since 1990. Okay, the best Christmas movies since 1990. Now, the reason I, uh, the reason I, 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 the thing I want to point out is there are two kinds of Christmas movies. There are movies that are about Christmas, and there are movies that are set at Christmas time. For instance. Die Hard is not a
5: Christmas I movie. I already wrote right. Die Hard on my piece of paper. <laughs> it's well, first the first all, one that came,
1: <laughs> came out before 1990, so uh, it wouldn't shoot. be eligible anyway. But second of all, it's not a Christmas movie. It's a movie that's set at Christmas, okay? Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life is not a Christmas movie. It's a movie that has the climactic scene at Christmas time. It's not a yeah. Christmas movie. That's what I how dare you. It's not a Christmas movie. How are we movie? supposed to guess if you're changing all the okay. definitions on this? Yeah, I'm it? not changing any definitions because you guys will be happy to know that Entertainment Weekly, who put this list together, counts movies that are set at christmas time so it okay. it includes both it includes okay. christmas movies and movies that have scenes at christmas time okay so this is again the best christmas movies since 1990 so you're not going to have all your old black and white movies that you grew up watching on tv these are all going to be in the last 28 years and kevin historically you are sitting at the head of the table you get to go first Die Hard is too early so that's not on here but what say you is your first guess Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> mm, At Christmas. Know. Yes. <laughs> oh, that did not make the list. I'm sorry. That was it. I meant to hit that one. I think that was uh,
5: Debbie Does the North Pole. Right. Sorry. <laughs> shoot.
1: Oh, nice. Uh, who's next? Is it Muggs is next? Sir? Sure, I'll go next. Right. Uh, right. Got to be Home Alone. Yeah, Home Alone is a great guess. Home Alone is number three on the list of the best Christmas movies since 1990. Well done, Muggs. You are on the board. Miss Allie McKay. Elf. Of course, number one, ladies and gentlemen, is as it should be. Is there any doubt, right? Kevin, you're up. I'm gonna say Christmas movie. Saw at
5: Christmas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Saw Saint
3: Nick. I mean, that was
0: the whole. That's the whole (laughs) title.
1: (laughs) You know what? It might have been just outside the top ten. I'm sorry. So saw did,
0: did not make the list. Mugsy, my favorite movie of all time, my number one, Scrooged. That's your number uh, too one. early, yeah, eighties, yeah.
5: Oh, darn eighties. That's your yeah, number 19, one movie that's... of all time. Uh, uh, it's Christmas movie. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, nineteen ninety. And how beyond. did I screw up on for. that? How'd you screw you up? It your beer mug. <laughs> right. Alan so McKay,
4: uh, Love Actually.
1: Well, it's number two on the list. Right. Kevin,
5: how did you enjoy Love Actually oh, when you watched so it over good the weekend? Because, because mm. he yeah. said I. Really like you. And she said, it's love, actually. Actually, it's not
3: like that at all. Well done. <laughs>
5: Thank you. Kevin, you know it has Claudia Schiffer in it, right?
1: Oh, I didn't know Shannon that. Shannon
5: Elizabeth, Denise Richards, Alicia, Alicia Cuthbert. Daniel Stop Ray yelling Jones. at me about that movie. I'm just saying, I what had a else guy who, does it take? I got a, had a guy on Twitter who's like, look, I'm going to take the bullet for you. I'm going to watch the movie, and I'll give you a review. <laughs> and then he wrote back, don't watch. It's fine. You're good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> How dare you. So him. I'm out. Right. Uh, whose turn is it?
1: Uh, my turn. Bad okay. Santa. Bad Santa, I'm sorry, is number 22 oh. on the list. And by the way, that's an outrage. That should be a lot higher, yeah. I think, uh, in terms of Christmas movies from uh, the 1990 1990s. Miss Alan McKay. The Grinch. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, yeah. number six. Yeah, uh, directed by Ron Howard, starring Jim Carrey, number six no. on the list. Well done. Kevin, I'm going to say Christmas Vacation. Too early. Again, way too early. That's another 80s movie. It's what quiet. about... Oh. We're talking about 1990 and beyond. I'm not good much. at
5: this game. Jingle all the way.
1: <laughs> Jingle all the way is number 17 on the list. You don't get a point, but great guess. That was the Arnold Schwarzenegger Sinbad movie. Do you remember what the toy was that he <laughs> he was in pursuit of during that movie?
4: Turbo Man!
1: Turbo Man, indeed. Well done. That's
5: I Sinbad in a
1: long, long time.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Miss L.A. McKay. Listen. Nope. It, say it. Nope. Don't say it. Don't say it.
4: Out mother effing nope. holiday. Number seven. Oh. <laughs> number seven.
1: Yes. That's uh, Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz. Allie, how Jack would you Black. rank... And Jack Black, too. How would you rank that among your favorite movies of any genre of all time? I love The Holiday so much. You it's do. ridiculous. Too much. Let's <laughs> talk about The Holiday. The Holiday is the movie version of her Peaky Blinders <laughs> love right? <laughs> so that is number seven. I think Allie may be winning this game, uh, you guys. I've
4: got four. Oh, man, let's one. go around one more time. All right, to so you Kevin, catch up.
5: Um, you have how many? Four. I've- All right, I'm going to get three with the Santa Claus. One, two, nice. and three.
4: Oh. <laughs> right. Boom! Well, you-,
5: you can only take a one guess. I'm
1: sorry, but the Santa Claus, Tim Allen, 1994, is number 11. Oh, I'm sorry, number 11 on the list, and just outside the top 10. I'm sorry. By the way, I never saw it, but apparently that's a really good movie. It is a really it good is- movie. Tim Allen. I mean, I hear the sequels most, were not so much, it's, but
5: the first one was real good. It's mostly for kids, but it's well done. Okay. Yeah. All right, Muggs, your final guess, please. I'm going to go with Miracle on 34th Street, the
1: remake. Uh, number 20 on the <sighs> list. That was directed by John Hughes, starring Richard Attenborough as Santa Claus. That's a great movie right there. Allie, your final guess, please.
4: Um, can we just go with a sequel to Home Alone?
1: You mean number nine, oh. Home Alone two, Lost in New York? Damn, Damn it. It. Co-starring Efforts. President Donald Trump. Is that what you mean? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, he has a clause, uh, by the way. If you film anything, Santa Trump- Claus? No, no. Donald no. Trump has a clause. If you film anything at Trump Tower, he has to be written into the movie.
3: But it, it was in that scene they were in the Plaza Hotel.
1: That's fine, but they also filmed <laughs> at Trump Tower, so he had to be in the movie. <laughs> That's so. dumb. All right, here's the uh, mug's here.
5: getting all picky.
1: <laughs> here are uh, here's the top ten, you guys. Number ten, and again, this is in the category of movies that have a lot of Christmas in them, but they're not considered a Christmas movie. Sleepless in Seattle was number oh, ten, which opens on Christmas Eve. You could have given me holidays. a million guesses. I would have I said wouldn't. that's
4: more of a New Year's nope. movie.
1: Home Alone Two was number nine. You've got mail. Number eight.
4: Again, no. You've got mail.
1: Watch it again. Lots of Christmas in there. Caroling, singing, Christmas trees, the whole works. Uh, Number seven, The Holiday. Number six, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Number five, it surprised me that nobody thought of our good friend Tim Burton and Danny Elfman with The Nightmare Before Christmas. That was dumb.
4: Yeah. We are horrible. (laughs)
5: Chip wrote down Uh, for me Nightmare Before Christmas and Saw. So I
1: pick mm-hmm. Saw. You picked Well saw. done. Well done.
4: <laughs> uh,
5: number four, Allie, I know you loved Bridget
1: Jones's Diary. Hugh oh. Grant, Colin Firth, Renee Zellweger Good. all about Christmas. And then Home Alone, Love Actually, and Elf. So there you go. The best Christmas movie since 1990. According to Entertainment Weekly, this has been beat Makes Us Guess. Beat Makes Us Guess, yeah. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Night number two of the K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas, December 9th at the Forum. Tickets on sale now through Ticketmaster. Not many left, but get them. Florence and the Machine, Death Cab for Cutie Bastille, Mike Shinoda, Billie Eilish, Young the Giant Churches, Mike Posner, and Lovely the Band. That's your lineup. Guess who's going to be singing the songs for our contestants? All they have to do is identify them by title and artist. Please don't say Omar. I'm sorry to say it's Mm. time for Omaroki. Hit it, Steve.
3: As
1: a singer, Omar's really lame. So we wish you luck because he sucks. If you guess, you win the game. <laughs> All right, so oh, you're going to be singing one of the big hits from one of the bands playing night two. All the f- person on the phone has to do is tell you who it is and what the song is called. Night, night number two, baby. My favorite night because it's two.
5: I got to tell you <laughs> that. I got to tell you, Omar more than most times says, I'm not sure this is going to go well. Uh, this is, I'm going to kill it, guys. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure. All right, let's start with Erica in Corona. Hi. Oh
8: my gosh,
1: hi. <laughs> hi, Erica. All right, this is going to be very painful, but you only have to endure it for a few seconds. Omar is going to sing. You tell us title and artist of the song that you'll be singing at night two if you win, okay? Okay. Good luck.
8: All of
3: his questions, such a mournful sound Tonight I'm gonna bury that horse in the ground So I'll keep my issues drawn But it's always darkest before the dawn
8: Oh, wow.
5: Have you heard that song? Oh, yeah.
8: Okay. Sounds
1: just what like do you think,
5: Erika?
8: Oh, my gosh. Right? Oh, it's darkest I recognize the words, but I can't even figure out what it
4: is.
1: Mm, That's not going to help you, my dear. I'm sorry to say. We were uh, actually looking for Florence in the machine. (laughs) Shake it out.
4: No, it wasn't. (laughs) Was it? Can we hear some of that? It's always darkest before
3: before. the Is that what you were doing?
1: That's what you were doing. <laughs> that's exactly oh, what I was
3: doing. <laughs> oh, Erica, that's what no you were way. doing. Anyone that
1: does. was not a that was not a success, but we got plenty more contestants Ooh. on the line. Jimmy in Rancho Cucamonga. Hi. Hey. Good morning. Morning. Morning, Jimmy, you know how the game is played? Listen up, here's Omar.
3: Life's too short to even care at all. whoa. I'm losing my mind, losing my mind, losing control. Whoa. These fishes in the sea, they're staring at me. Ooh, Okay, that's that's, 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 that's a wet world aches for a beat of a drum. Whoa.
1: Okay. That's fine. Jimmy, put us out of our oh. misery. Who is that? Title and Artist, please. Oh gosh. Right? Uh, name of the band and the, band it, and, and it the song. The I didn't hear what you said, but it wasn't right. It was. Mm-hmm. I,
5: I heard duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that it, was, it was a. a young, you go. Best Right, best or, or young the giant doing cough syrup.
5: Life's too short to be sing along with them when they sing now. That's not cool. All right. Allie in San Gabriel. Hi. Hey, what's up, guys? Well, we apologize in advance for what's about to happen. Are you ready? Here we go.
3: Yeah, I'm ready. I met you late night at a party. Some Trust Fund babies. Brooklyn loft. By the bathroom. You said, let's talk. But my confidence is wearing off.
1: Wow. All right, good, Allie. What do you think?
3: Oh my gosh,
1: okay. Oh my gosh. Um, Title and artist. You got a guess?
8: Oh my gosh. Um, God, I hear this every day.
1: It was uh, broken by Lovely the Band.
8: Missed you
3: late night at a party. You <laughs> ah, stop so it.
1: good. You don't I'm sound so anything good. like that. Just like that. <laughs> Hey, um, how do you guys feel it's going? Well, I mean, we
5: have no one qualified. Okay, all right. <laughs> if that's, if that's the goal saying. or that's not the goal? That is, the goal is
1: to have people qualified. And we, I see. Yes. All right. So we're upside down a little bit right
5: now. Let's go to Canoga Park and say hi to Joe. Good morning. Morning, guys. Joe, what do you, uh, what do you think as you've been listening
1: on hold? Would you have gotten to any of the previous ones?
7: I got the first two, but I don't know now oh. if I'm going to
1: miss this one. Mm. Oh, no, nah,
5: you All got right, this, Joe. You got <laughs> this. You sound like a good contestant, He's not worried right? about him, yeah. Omar. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Here's
5: here so. <laughs> All right.
3: 'Cause in my head, there's a Greyhound station where I send my thoughts to a far-off destination, so they may have a chance of finding a place I where that's
1: plenty. That's they're
3: far more suited than here. thank
1: you. Thank you. Alright,
5: Go redeem yourself. I can almost recognize Mm -hmm. that song. I'm looking at the answer. You're doing better than I am, then.
1: (laughs) Is that clear as blue? I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's Soul Meets Body by Def Cab for Cutie.
3: This is going well, guys. I don't feel uh, you know, like it is. I'm pretty sure it's in the screening, you know? You th- they oh, didn't, it's yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I think the
1: contestants. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right.
5: Are we in uh, sudden death mode yet? Oh, yeah, I don't totally. think yes. yet. I don't no? think yet. No, okay. Not yet. <laughs> All right. All right. Who's next? <laughs> John in Arcadia. Hi. Hey. Good luck. In the, you, di-
3: in the dying light, I'm the only one here. And I will cover you until you go, Ooh, whoa, whoa, oh. Because if I told the truth, I'll always be free. And I keep a prize with me until you go, Ooh, whoa, whoa,
1: oh. John, obviously Omar has never heard that song, but what do you think it is?
6: <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea. I want to say,
2: is, is that like a Mike Shinoda song? Oh, my God.
4: Mm. Sorry. I got, that... I, got, I got nothing. Really? No.
1: Nothing. That was uh, The Mother We Share by
4: Churches. I'm the only one
3: here. No.
4: See, he Mm. sings along with it as Mm -hmm. if that's
5: what he did last time. Sudden death, you guys. All right, sudden death. It's got to be, right? You (laughs) you get it, you win. Yeah. And we're still not going to get a winner. All right. (laughs) Let's go to Travis in Irvine. Hi, Travis.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to win this thing, (laughs) just letting you know. (laughs) Well, we
5: appreciate the honesty, but let's Uh, see how it goes. You got
3: this. You got this. Okay, here we go. I was left to my own devices <laughs> many days fell away with nothing to show and the walls kept tumbling down in the city that we loved right, great thank you clouds thank rolling you. All over right. the hills bringing the darkness from
1: know why he has to sing it like morrissey i don't understand <laughs> that but travis hey, it's title, and artist, guy. title and artist <laughs> Going to night number two. Best sounds like the uh, the
2: theme song from Les
1: Miserables. (laughs) 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 Uh, Unfortunately, it was uh, Bastille and their big big K Rock hit called Pompeii. I was My Uh,
3: my version's way better. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, My my version's way better. I don't think that's the case. Cover that song.
5: All right. Still in sudden death. Okay. Uh, Let's go to Joshua in Alhambra. Hi. (laughs) <laughs> all right, let's do it. All right, here we go, Joshua. We are uh, we are counting on you,
1: man. Save us, save this segment, win the tickets, will you? All right, I'll do my best. Let's okay. do it. Okay. Hey, and by the way, here's a here's a hint. Hey, uh, and Omar an over here trying to kill it, man. I, I understand that. What? <laughs> think about who's on the lineup, and then think about the ones we've already played. No repeats, okay? So you've you can already rule out Florence and Lovely the Band and Death Cab and all the rest. So think about who's left, and here's Omar.
3: You say. Come over here, baby. I think you're pretty. I'm okay. I'm not your baby. If you think I'm pretty, why can't any of you guys look at me in the face when I'm singing? Because it's so bad. sexy, right? So bad. Okay,
5: Joshua. Um. Mike Posner? Mmm. <laughs> that's, that's that's Oh. That, that's Billy Idol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh it's man. Billy
0: Idol. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> So, oh, yeah. so we have none. Yeah.
1: So we have no people on hold. Yeah. But we can clear the lines and take Caller 20, though. We can do that. After
5: all that, yeah. we torture <laughs> to people. You're yeah. welcome. Uh-huh. All, all right. All We're going to clear the lines. one 800 520 Caller 20. Good luck. <laughs> oh, oh Maroki, that's
3: our game and how much fun we had. Now you know that I didn't lie
4: when
3: I
2: told you he was pretty
4: bad.
1: It's <laughs> the Kevin and Bean Show on Rock. First, though, it is Book Club Tuesday, as you <laughs> told your friend yesterday, Allie. <laughs> uh, although the only author we really like is Brad Meltzer, and he is back on the phone here on Rock. Hey, Brad, how are you, man? I, this is like the
6: home. You know, you understand that today I, they were like, I'm not doing a tour. I'm not doing anything. I said, I'm just literally calling the only place I love. is three places, and i and you know, this is this is coming home to
1: me. Well, thank you very wow. I Appreciate that. And before we get into the new book and catch up with all things Meltzer, I wanted to say a lot of uh, a lot of action on your Twitter page yesterday. You were deeply affected by the loss of Stan Lee, who seems to be one of those guys that kind of represents the best of all of us that you're always talking to us about.
6: Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I knew the guy, um, and uh, he affected my life. He gave me my belief system, like cornerstones of my my creed and principles that I follow and live by. And, you know, it wasn't about, you know, wearing long underwear or punching Doc Ock in the face. It was that his his creations um, taught me that you should be good. Remember when that was enough just to be good for being good? And, like, I think as a country, we're we're better at fighting. We know how to fight better than ever. But Mm -hmm. when you fight for yourself and you fight for power or money, you've already lost. And I, I love that. I can still use that lesson that Stanley gave me when I was 10 to put good and use my creativity
1: to put good into the world.
6: Uh,
1: And that's what I aspire to to this very day. And there were a lot of people yesterday who were pointing out that he was ahead of the curve in many cases on social justice issues. He had very powerful comics about, uh, you know, anti-racism, you know, when not everybody was on board with that. And you're right. He really was a beacon for a lot of people for a lot of goodness.
6: Oh, man. I mean, let me let me read you because it's just worth doing. Um, this is one of his soapboxes that he wrote in like the 60s. And he said, you know, racism. And this is in the back of the comic book. He said bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today. And then he talks about how, like, um, you know, if your hang up is a black man, you hate all black men. And then listen to this one. Think of it where we are today. If some foreigner beat him to a job, he's down on all foreigners. He hates power he's never seen, people he's never known, with equal intensity and equal venom. And then he says, sooner or later, if you're ever to reach, uh, if man's ever to be worthy of his destiny, you must fill your heart with tolerance. And only then will we be the man that was created in the image of God, a God who calls all of us his children. Wow. Like, that is Stan Lee. That's in the back of a friggin' Fantastic Four comic book. <laughs> so, you know, and I love the fact that he was like, you know, that's why you got Black Panther. That's why you got the X-Men. They weren't just there to punch people in the face, but they were there to show you that there are people who are different than you. And that's a beautiful thing, not something to be hated.
1: That is uh, so beautifully put. I'm glad you shared that with us, Brad. Is Stan Lee the type of person who could be a candidate for one of your future I Am books? Of course listen, you better
6: believe it. I mean everywhere on Twitter yesterday it was like, You do an I am Stan Lee. I'm like, Are you kidding me? I of course I want to do him. The guy, you know, gave us not just Spider Man, you know and, and let me just talk about him. moment. My favorite Spider Man scene ever is this moment, I think it's number thirty three, and Spider Man's trapped under a building and he can't get out, and Aunt May's about to die, but the whole building is on top of him and he's like screaming for help and he's like, I, I don't I'm not strong enough to get out of this. And he realizes no one's coming to help him. And panel after panel, he's just like, no one's coming. And he finally is like, I I have to get out myself. And he just, for panel after panel, pushes his way and says, you have to save yourself. You have to do it when it's hard. And I read it with my young son last night. And and I hope he got that message. That This isn't a message about Spider-Man. This is a message for all of us about life. Is that when you need help, when we're in that hole, because we're all in a hole at some point in time. You gotta find the hero in yourself. That's where the hero is.
4: And I want, my God, I want Brad that, to start reading to message. me at night, you guys. I want Brad yeah. in my pocket forever. Just I want to keep him safe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, uh,
1: we mentioned the I Am series, the uh, series of best-selling biographies about heroes that you've been doing. You're up to number 16 now. And today is a very big day for you because you have said that the number one question you get asked all the time is, when are you going to do a Latino, Latina, Hispanic character? And the book is out today. Tell us about Who would you choose?
6: Yeah, so we we looked long and hard. My sister in law is Latina. She's basically what they call in Miami. She's part Jewish, part Cuban. They call them Jubins here. And um, <laughs> and and she, I'm not even joking. Right? So it's great. But she um she she helped me pick it out. We're doing I am Sonia Sotomayor, the Supreme Court Justice, the first Hispanic Supreme Court Justice. And what I love about her story, um, as in all these stories, is she's you know is, is the human side, right? What well, none of us are getting to the Supreme Court. Um, maybe Kevin is, but like, <laughs> right, right. I mean, as defendants, right? We'll get there. That's a little we'll there. Um, but the reality is, is you know, when she's younger, she's like this crazy girl that runs around. They used to call her when she was little the Aji, which means hot pepper, so she couldn't <laughs> sit still. Or, you know, right? you put a bow in her hair, and it would just go flying. She got her head stuck in a bucket when she was trying to hear what her voice sounded like inside. That's like the definition of insanely cool to me. Like, you know, and she's just like, put, you put your head in a bucket and you get stuck. And what happens is she dreams. She used to read Nancy Drew and wanted to grow up to be Nancy Drew and be a detective and a police officer. And what she eventually gets diagnosed with is diabetes uh, when she's nine years old. Wow. And when she's reading, when she's reading about her diabetes, it tells her that you can't be a police officer. You'll never be one because diabetes won't let you be and obviously not true anymore, but when she's younger, that's what they tell her. And she's watching Perry Mason and she's like, I need a new dream. I can't be Nancy Drew, but she sees on Perry Mason that no matter what Perry Mason wants to do in the courtroom, the judge has to weigh in first. You don't do anything without the judge weighing in. Mm -hmm. And she gets a chance. She goes to a a, mom saves money. She's from poor area in the Bronx saves money and gets her to a, a private school. And then she makes her way to Princeton and this is the best part is she actually at Princeton succeeds so hard, so, so well that she becomes Phi Beta Kappa and she almost throws the invitation away because she thinks it's a fake jewelry scam, Phi Beta Kappa. <laughs> 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 Which is like the best, right? And, and, and at the end of the day, the reason I love Sonia Sotomayor and the reason the story resonates is again, I'm not going to be a Supreme court justice, but it's my story. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my family, when I was 13 years old, lost everything. Um, they had, my dad lost his job and, and he had $1,200 to his name. And it was you know, I had no place to live, no job. And it wasn't a moment where you're scared about money. We were frightened about safety and right. we were worried. Right. And we moved down to Florida. My parents gave a fake address so I could go to the local wealthy public school that I never should have gone to. And it was there, I saw this opportunity, college, to escape, to get out. And that was her story. She got to Princeton and, and looked around and was like, oh my gosh, the world is so much bigger than I thought. You know, But to me, we all need that lesson that when you get to wherever you're going to, the first thing she always says is, you thank those who come before you. And all of us have had someone who gave us our first real job, someone who told us we were good at something for the first time. Like think of that person right now when you're done listening here. and Listen, I hope you buy the book, God bless. But when you're done with it, Go thank that person who took the first chance on you. It will pay you back forever. That's the lesson of I am Sonia Sotomayor.
5: How do you, right. as as her in her childhood, it seems like she was very poor. How, how do you get your head around the fact that someday I might be a Supreme Court justice? Or did she not at that that point? Yeah, no, she doesn't at all. She doesn't even think, you know,
6: she you know when they tell her to go to college, um, the, one of the coaches says to her, you should go apply to Harvard. You should apply to Princeton. And she thinks she's going to like a local school. And she's like, I can't go there. My parents never even went to college. Her parents didn't even speak English. Wow. English is her second language. And But this coach says try. And her grandmother used to tell her, used to read her this poem that said, if you want it, it, to get what you want, you must dream it. And so what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to go apply to Princeton. Wow. And she, you know, she, she becomes the valedictorian. She wins all these awards. She wins the highest honor at Princeton. But again, it's just because someone says you can do it. And again, you pay that forward forever.
1: We are uh, talking to our friend Brad Meltzer on the phone, number one New York Times bestselling author. His latest book is out today called I Am Sonia Sonia Sotomayor. And by the way, our listeners always hit up Brad on social media and say, I bought every one of these books and my kids love them. We recommend every one in the series. Final question for me, Brad. You've written so many of these books about people who are no longer with us, your Lincolns and your Einsteins and your Neil Armstrongs. You're writing about someone who's alive and accessible probably to you. Have you met with the justice? Um, you know, it's funny. The three that we're doing that are alive,
6: we did I Am Jane Goodall, and she helped us with the book. Um, we, the next one that's coming in January, in February, is I Am Billie Jean King, and she, I spent hours on the phone with her. She's so amazing. Um, the justice actually can't endorse any product. So we sent it to her office. It went to the Supreme Court. We heard back, really, we were thrilled with what they said, but she can't weigh in. She's not allowed. But what I love is someone already sent me a picture where they took the book. The book is out today and they gave it to the, to the justice. And I just love that she's alive and seen this. And there's little girls and little boys around the country going like, this is you and here you go. And so I just love that that she has to deal with all of our nonsense now.
4: <laughs> Brad, can I just take a second and just thank you for doing books on a uh, Rosa Parks, on a um, Justice Sotomayor. People that maybe aren't looked at for these books and that little kids can see themselves in, that don't have a lot of representation, I think that is such a beautiful, wonderful thing for you to do.
6: No, and that was my niece and nephew. I was like, that's what they need. And and the, the lesson of the book, and I'll, I'll leave you with this, this is the lesson in the back, it says, whether it's in English, Spanish, or any other language, our dreams are often the same. A loving family, kind friends, a safe place to call home, and the chance to reach our potential so no matter where you're born there's no limit to what you can accomplish and my god look where where the world is today look how much we hate anything that's different from us and the idea that we're taking these books and the whole i am series and we're arming this little army of little kids out there with messages of tolerance um you know that's what stanley gave me when i was 10. that's what jim henson gave me when i was five on sesame street or mr rogers gave me on mr rogers neighborhood is to use your creativity and put good into this world and that's all I hope that this book is doing, is, is this series is doing, is trying to do just that.
5: Brad, i got to tell you, your voice of positivity is me- needed more now than ever in history. Amen. And it's amazing. For sure. And I'd like to say, best book club Tuesday ever, you guys. <laughs> get, get Brad's new book,
1: I Am Sonia Sotomayor, available wherever books are sold. Brad, if we don't talk to you before the holidays, have a wonderful one, and we'll catch up with you in 2019. Thank you, my friend.
2: You know that. I love you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. K-Rock.
1: You guys, remember the Brad Miller times?
5: Yeah, yeah. He's so much better than we are. He's such a, uh, a an amazing voice for uh, positive thinking, and it yeah. just makes you feel better about yourself yep, and about yep. the world. We-
1: we need them. Yep. Hey, uh, comedian uh, Nikki Glaser coming up later on this morning program. This morning's program. And we got more tickets you can win uh, for the K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas show. Saturday Another round of Omaroki.
3: Is gonna that doing what we're going to do? I don't think so. I don't think
1: yeah. we're going to be doing that. Because we were <laughs> well, zero
5: for eight last time. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm uh, glad you're in here because you're going to have something to contribute. We had a conversation yesterday. Ali was doing a segment on uh, the next, uh, what's it called? The Next Door?
4: Next Door. It's an app. Yeah.
1: It's an app, and it connects uh, neighborhoods together so that they can alert one another if there's uh, somebody trying to break into cars or sketchy people on the lawn or something like that. And you read one that was a surprise to us that I think might uh, lead us into an interesting conversation with our listeners.
4: Yeah, they wrote, So we've lived in our house for almost three years now. Our neighbor has called the cops on us for numerous stupid stuff. And they kind of go through a bunch of it. And then they said, Well, last night was a new one. My husband and I were deep cleaning the tile and the grout in the sunroom last night. Our neighbor called us, called us on, called the cops on us. Good Lord. Because the neighbor thought that they were cleaning up a homicide. We literally had three cops sneak up on us trying to catch us in the act. Is there anything that I can do at this point? They're accusing us of murder. They were cleaning (laughs) the grout in their sunroom.
1: So the police show up and they go... Well, the place looks pretty clean. Right. That's really all they could do, right? Yeah. Nothing nefarious was going on. It's insane. So we started talking about uh, you called the cops on your neighbors, or better, the neighbors <laughs> called the cops on you. And uh, Omar, which one are you? What side are, of this Yeah, one? I called the, the fuzz dark. on my neighbor. <laughs> because they were clearly cooking meth. So
3: I was... Uh, uh, doing some work in, the, in my studio and my studio is on the second floor and you could see into their backyard. Okay. okay. So I'm there and I, I just happened to glance at the right moment and I see the wife in a full Breaking Bad meth cooking outfit including mask going towards the corner of the yard. What the hell? Yeah. Okay, do you live in the
1: 909?
3: Yes, live- <laughs> of course. Well, yeah, then what do I you do. expect? <laughs> then what's <laughs> the problem? It's a nice neighborhood in the 909. That's you, wouldn't what everyone ex- says. you wouldn't expect this in my neighborhood. Right. So she quickly, and by the way, she doesn't just like, you know, just kind of like walk, walk out. She's kind of like lightly jogging. Like she wants to get, get out and grab whatever she needs, and then she kind of jogs back in. I'm thinking... What is up? Mm. So then I brought it to you guys if I should call the fuzz on them or not, <laughs> and you guys said no, don't call the fuzz. They're probably painting or whatever. We said, why don't you go yeah. ask? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. But I'm not going to go ask meth dealers so they could kill me. No, <laughs> no, no. So, so I called the fuzz and I'm like thinking, well, I don't, I don't want to call on my cell phone because they're going to be able to trace it. What if the meth dealers are going to be able to find out who called the fuzz on them? So I go. Why cry. do you keep calling them? <laughs> That's a great question. It's 1965, Omar? So, so, so I, ha- I have to Google where I can find a payphone. So I go, I find a payphone that's about five miles away, and I call the uh, I call the fuzz and report it. But I don't know if the fuzz ever went down there to check it out or not. Yeah. But they're <laughs> well, clearly cooking meth.
4: Or using pesticides or something that they didn't want to make get To make meth. This. Okay. I
3: mean, you that. don't know that it was Listen, meth. This, my but, point. But it, but it was a crazy, like, I don't uh, know, That man. is crazy. It, it was, and it by was, the way,
5: let me just ask you this. How different would it have been if you didn't have kids? Cause oh, I, I been... probably would have hit him
3: up for some mess. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, but
5: I'm thinking I would sneak around and try oh, yeah, to look maybe, in and yeah, see what they're
3: yeah, doing. You're you know? right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, totally right.
5: Yeah.
1: It's interesting. There are two different kinds of calls on your neighbors. One is like Omar's call where you're you've convinced they're doing something wrong, whether they are or not. And the other one is when you know they're doing something wrong, like the party's going on until 4 a.m. Right. And you can hear the the loudness and stuff like that. I can't imagine you haven't had the neighbors call the cops on you, Kevin.
0: How dare you? you. (laughs) How
1: dare you, sir? Who are you, though? How many times? A lot. Um.
5: (laughs) Fireworks once. <laughs> okay, I'm surprised it's only once. I, yeah, I hide it pretty well. Kevin mm-hmm. is the a-hole in the neighborhood who's lighting off fireworks for a week before and a week after the 4th of July. Uh, define a-hole. I think I'm doing a public service to my okay. neighbors. Okay. You're providing they love a big that show. Noise. <laughs> right. I'm putting on a show and they don't have to get <laughs> yeah. in trouble. Uh, there was one time when my daughter was very small and she's not a quiet kid. Mm-hmm. And we were, they were having swimming lessons and she did not want to have a swimming lesson and she was yelling and we found out that the neighbors called the police because the police showed up. We were like, uh, no, she's just taking swimming lessons. And they were like, oh, the neighbors had heard someone yelling and they thought someone was in trouble. I was like, are you oh, they're, kidding they're, like, me? Oh, there's like some child abuse going on? I don't. They didn't oh, know. Wow. They just called 911 and said, hey, I think there's a problem. And really? they have to come over. So that, of course. can't yeah. blame the police. But it was yeah. fine because they came in and were like, yeah, she's uh, learning to swim. By we, the way. We wish she'd be a little more quiet too, but <laughs> it's not a police thing. <laughs> but don't you appreciate that? in your neighborhood? I mean I think I would I didn't at the time because I there was nothing going on. So. No, I
3: know, but what if?
5: What if there what, was something going right, on? Right,
3: don't you want a neighbor that has your back that that way? I want I want to live next to somebody I guess, like that. But it was They think like something murderous is going but on. But she wasn't she's,
5: screaming bloody murder. Yeah, she was she's just
3: yelling.
4: Unhappy. I don't want to go swimming. I'm right. oh, I, I taking into consideration. Yeah. Also,
5: I was toilet papering someone's house and they called because they thought I was on the roof uh-huh. and they thought that we were trying to break in. <laughs> <laughs> so they called the police. How old are you? Uh, <laughs> last year. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right. So you called. The police
1: on a neighbor, they called the police on you. That's what we're looking for. I know that our listeners have stories. <laughs> I know this is uh this is perfect for you guys. one 800 520 1067 Kevin Anaheim, you please hang on. We'll get to you first when we return. All the calls coming up next on K Rock.
2: It's the Kevin and Bean Show, K Rock.
5: Let's take one phone call. You called the neighbors on your uh the police on your neighbors, or they called the police on you. Kevin in Anaheim, good morning.
0: Good morning, Kevin. I'm being bong-bong to you. Bong, to you as bong, well.
1: bong indeed. Now, I don't know why you're calling, but my guess is since your name is Kevin, How that the neighbors you? called the cops on you.
0: Absolutely, and because I like to uphold <laughs> the Kevin tradition
1: of the name. You know, that's it's very important to me. <laughs> All right. What did they think was going on, and what was going on?
0: They thought I was doing bad things with cats in my backyard, and I tell you, it's not what you're thinking, Kevin. It's, it's I've got three basset hounds. Okay. And they're uh, 10, 3, and 4. And they thought I was dogfighting. They thought I was holding a dogfighting match in my backyard. So mm-hmm. they called the cops on me. They couldn't look over the damn fence and be like, hey, Kevin, what are you doing? I'm oh, playing with my dogs with my two kids and my wife. But no, they called the cops. And like three cop cars showed up and with four cops in my front yard.
1: Can I just say that a basset hound dog fighting wing would worst. be the worst dog
4: oh,
0: fighting ring ever? Too. I thought it
4: <laughs> t- they're just constantly going oh that's <laughs> it. It <is>. Yeah.
0: They're <laughs> chasing each other and their ears are getting in the way, you know, they're they're built super low and they're built for speed. So, you know, they're not they're not too too
1: mean. No, oh, that's that funny. Is, and you must have been so surprised with all those police cars showed up. Yeah, you you would have thought I was murdering somebody in my backyard, you know? Seriously, all right, Kevin, great call. We appreciate you, sir. <laughs> talking about the fuzz, you guys—we're not talking about <laughs> no the fuzz
5: <laughs> <or> no, <laughs> <really> at <all. laughs> Talking about the popo, talking about the five zero. <laughs> you uh, you called the police on your neighbors, or they called the police
1: on you? One eight hundred five two zero one zero six. Of it all, we have some fun calls. Do not leave, Stephanie. LBC line four up first here on the Kevin and hey. Show. I love this. Hey, Stephanie. <laughs>
8: Hi guys good morning good morning good
1: morning what happened
8: so i want to preempt this call to let you, know, you guys know i grew up in the marine corps so i'm an ex-military brat okay um so i was pretty sheltered growing up so i never really had conversations that were above my age range so when i was about 10 11 or so i heard a lot of weird noises coming from upstairs and there's noises that were pretty foreign um, so when I went upstairs and I knocked on my parents' bedroom uh, my mom said that they were wrestling with their shirts off her, my par- my parents
0: mm. uh,
8: so when I think wrestling I think fighting so I panicked thought my pa- my dad was beating up my mom oh, and no. <gasps> um, so when they came um, because they oh came wait the cops. They, the cops when the cops came the cops, the cops. The cops. Okay. okay yeah the cops someone crippled <laughs> Um, so I call them, and about 10 of them show up because my dad's pretty high-ranking, uh-huh. and they take it very seriously. Um, my parents had explained to them that they were upstairs having sex, mm-hmm. and that was, that was the first fine. time that, I've ever, yes, that yeah. I ever got the birds and the bees conversation. I don't feel like that's
5: that's it. how you want that conversation no. to go.
8: No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> really, I got in big trouble for
5: that. Your
1: uh, your dad was not beating up your mom, but he was wrecking her.
8: Oh bitch. yeah, definitely. Taking
3: <laughs> okay.
1: Her to pound town. Oh, you were Stephanie. Are... Stephanie <laughs> I'm so glad that you're able to laugh about it now, rather than be scarred for the rest of your life. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it.
4: Stephanie just said he was taking <laughs> her to Pound Town. I don't know <laughs> yes. if you got that. Yes, she did. Good God, that was the best. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, this one from the 714, I was at a bridal shower. We were, oh By God. the way, we're all thinking of Allie's parents right now, I too. Of course, mean. of course. I hate it so I was at a bridal shower. We were playing a game that involved popping balloons. We were laughing and having a great time, only to find the sheriff and three officers knocking on the front door because the neighbor thought the balloons were gunshots and that the laughing was screams. They probably thought they were going to be walking into a bloodbath, and instead they found about 15 ladies in onesies. So that's not what they expected. All right, Kevin, we only
5: have time for one more. Who's your favorite? Anyway, I don't know. Let's, uh, Let's try David because this may be the most extreme one. Hi, David of Van Nuys. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, thank you.
2: So, uh it was a crazy story. We were we were small with my brothers and apparently um our parents and my grandma were like disputing with the neighbors. So one day when my mom left to work, left my grandma taking care of us in the, the guest house, so the neighbor called the police and said that my family was trafficking kids and putting them in the backyards and SWAT team showed up at our house. Oh um, so that was just so out of spike. Yeah. They didn't
5: really think anything was going <laughs> yeah. on, they just hated your family. No, no, they did it out.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Wow. I mean, it was just uh, arguments that kept going. The SWAT team showed up, and, and then uh, Grandma told him, oh, I'm watching them, It's not like that. And, you know, it was crazy. I mean, he had That's a truck, truck that said
5: SWAT parking in front of the house. Listen, a listen. Scene, listen great yeah. use of police resources. This is going to sound bad, mom, but listen. SWAT was just here. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, you know we're coyotes trafficking kids. That is crazy. That's some good babysitting right there. All right, David. Thanks <laughs> yeah.
1: for listening. The Kevin
2: and Bean Show. The world famous K Rock.
1: Allie McKay is here. It's time for what's happening, and then right after Allie, you're going to be inviting your listeners to call mm. in for some dream interpretation. Yes. Allie's good at this.
4: I really, I just like to help people through their subconscious. Mm -hmm, mm They're dreaming things. They don't know what it means. Maybe I can tap into some deeper, hidden meanings Mm. that they're not thinking about. And
5: what was your training in this field? Uh,
4: I, uh, no, nothing. (laughs) Uh -uh. Just one (laughs) day.
5: You did this
1: professionally for many years, though, right? Uh,
4: never. No. Um, We were just chatting off the air one day, and I I said what one dream was or something. You're like, wait a mm-hmm. minute. What? That almost sounds like it could be right. I
5: mean, you sound pretty confident. Yeah. You oh, yeah. Do. So we assumed you it do. was a former oh, job yeah. or something. Yeah.
4: All right. So if you would like
1: a dream interpreted, you've had something running through your mind while you're sleeping and you don't know what it means, Allie is here to answer mm-hmm. for you. 1-800- 1-800-520-1067. I love you. Th- thank you, Doe. And your uh, your interpretation is legally binding, right, oh, Ellie? sure. Yeah. Okay. So call now, 1-800-520-1067. Call now. 1-800-520-1067. Okay. Uh-huh. I love you. Thank, thank you, Doe. Uh, and we'll take your calls right after the top of the hour. First, what else is happening?
4: Uh, a lot is happening with these fires. It's just, it seems like there's no end in sight. Just sure when enough. you think they've got a hold on it. I mean, an ember just sparks something else in an area that you thought there's nothing else to burn. It is insane. But some people are doing their best to help people out. Like Blink-182, they're selling a new Cali relief tea, with 100% of the proceeds being donated donated to the Red Cross Disaster Relief Fund. And just last night... Perhaps you might know him, Mr. Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters. Sure. Decided that he would head on over to Fire Station 68 in Calabasas.
5: He baked them some cookies?
4: He brought his own uh, backbeat barbecue. Did he? (laughs) And he supplied barbecue for all of the firefighters. There are 8,000 fire crews that have been dispatched to combat the blaze. And he thought, you know what? Let me just head on over to this fire station. Make some barbecue for the dude. So he recently minted it, uh, Backbeat Barbecue, but that's like his barbecue company. We were Mm -hmm. talking about this our last day at the Venice building when I had said, oh, so what are you going to be doing now that you're not touring that much? And he said, barbecuing. And and I said, what do you mean? (laughs) And he told me, uh, we've talked about this. He has studied under these master barbecuers learning all the differences with smoking and what kind of barbecue he wants to do. It's his absolute passion. And to bring that over to the firefighters and let them enjoy that, like, oh, guys, just got back to the station. You know, maybe they're going to take a little break before they're sent out again. What did you do? Oh, we had Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters come and (laughs) made barbecue for us. It's just awesome.
1: He's the best dude in the world.
4: It's not bad. He is yeah. not bad.
1: By the way, the, that uh, special edition Blink shirt for charity that you mentioned, we do have uh, a link to that available at if you want to check
4: it out. Excellent. Um, Sandra Bullock also doing her part. She made a $100,000 donation to the Humane Society of Ventura County to help provide care for animals that have been evacuated in the California wildfire. So that's wonderful. Doing her thing. And I think that's something we don't talk about all that much are how overrun now shelters are with animals. Shelters that had been full with animals that they need to get out and get adopted. So if by any chance you have been thinking about getting a pet Now's the time to do it because or not even only just a
5: foster one for a,
1: a few days or a few weeks. Yeah.
4: Absolutely, if you can open up your home to a pet, like Bean said, just a foster one, that's perfect. I could not
5: do a foster one just oh,
4: because you, you wind fall up, in love with them and you, you go. You wind up it's keeping my them. dog. What are you talking about? It's my dog. This is not a. I'm
1: not
5: doing that. I'm yeah. not fostering.
4: Yeah, but now I, I, is the time.
1: And also, let me just say this because I remember my uh, my years living in Santa Clarita where I had some acreage up there. If you're one of those people who does have room for big animals, contact the Humane Society and find out if they need a place for horses or for cows or for llamas or for pigs. Because there are a lot of animals being moved around to a lot of different places right now. And you're right. It seems like a low priority compared to all the human damage that's being inflicted. But those animals need some place to go, too.
4: Absolutely. So good on you, all you people willing to take a little animal into your house. I like it. Some birthdays for you, Jimmy Kimmel, Gerard Butler, Meta World Peace, and Whoopi Goldberg, and that's what's happening.
2: It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock.
4: Alan McKay, Dream Interpreter. a pickle? Why can't my boobs get bigger? Allie trip Don't pull out.
3: Allie trip uh, smell it. Allie trip Come on now, Allie. Suck it. I mean,
4: none, of that goes, none of that has oh, no, to we've, do with dreaming. we talked
5: about it. It's all good. It uh, okay, uh, all right. i, I uh, I'm very confused by the choices Omar makes. <laughs> yes. all
4: right. well, I,
0: think that's,
5: I think that's what we have to pay him to get him to do an intro. Uh-huh. He see. has to be able to insult us. Got it. Gotcha. Let's start with uh, Line 5 Huntington Beach. This is going to be Kaylee, and I wanted to
1: bring her up first because this is a very, as I understand, Allie, and you're the expert here, mm-hmm. this is a very common dream, and it might be a good way to introduce the segment here today.
4: Okay.
8: All
1: right. Hi, Kaylee. Hi. How are you
8: doing? Good. good. Thank you. Alright, so my dream is always reoccurring, but my teeth, they just start
4: falling out. All mm. of them. Yeah. Teeth start falling out. That is an extremely common dream, and it has to do with a loss of confidence or power. So something is going on in your life that's making you a little bit insecure about something, and it's manifesting in your dreams as your teeth falling out. Wow. <laughs> right blew your blew your mind I, didn't i kaylee so, sorry to disappoint yeah.
1: you <laughs> but you, I, it sounds like you need to identify whatever what whatever it is she's feeling a bit over, insecure
4: right? about yeah whatever it is you're maybe a lack of confidence in some area of your life
1: okay mm-hmm. all right kaylee thank you for listening thank you for the call we appreciate it let's go to chris please line two he's in north hollywood one 800 if you want some quick uh, dream interpretation alley is here for you hey chris hi bean good morning uh uh, kevin and ali are here as well go ahead
6: okay um so my dream is uh, i'm at this party Mm -hmm. and um all my like i know a lot of people who are there my friends are there and i'm getting very warm reception from everyone Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden like donald trump is there but he's much yeah he's much younger and much more handsome and i'm kind of who i don't like by the way but i'm I'm very stricken by how handsome he is and, and how good he looks and i just have to I have to tell him how good your hair looks. And I say, Donald, your hair looks very good. Your hair looks great today. And this has happened two or three times.
1: What? How That's young does Donald Trump have to be when his hair looked good? <laughs> <laughs> I what know. What is he, 15? <laughs> really? What
3: okay. are
4: your thoughts on that one? Well, here's the thing. You said that you are not necessarily a fan of Donald Trump, correct? Correct, yeah. So maybe you've also seen um, in instances with Donald Trump that when you – say something nice to him you compliment him that type of thing good things tend to happen to those people
8: Mm -hmm. in
4: in in real life that's what happens you're nice to him you respect him that type of thing he tends to give you a position of power okay so you are thinking you're catching him young enough that if you give him all these accolades good things will be bestowed upon you
1: look at that wow Right. Oh, wow. turn, turn, okay. turn your life around if you can figure out a yeah. way to make that work in real life. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate the call, sir. Let's try uh, Jacob, please. Glendora line six. This one, I uh, thank okay. God you're here as the expert, Allie, because oh, yes. I have no idea how to help Jacob.
4: Okay. Hey,
5: Jacob.
8: Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, thank hey.
4: you.
5: What's your dream?
8: Um, so pretty much what happened, this dream kind of happened when I was younger, but uh
2: normal
5: day at my house, you know, nothing that crazy, and all of a sudden, dinosaurs started popping up, like not nothing scary. It's they come over and be like, oh, I'm sorry biting you, but they just kinda would like pop up and just kinda hang out. Like mm. they just wanna hang out, you <laughs> they know They pop up and just okay. wanna hang out.
4: Well <laughs> like here, dinosaurs yeah. do here's the thing with dinosaurs. I don't know. Dinosaurs yeah. represent something old, something outdated. So it could be maybe you're trying to change your thoughts, trying to maybe discard old habits, or And this is kind of sad because you said you've been having this since you were a kid, but dinosaurs could also be meaning that maybe you don't find yourself useful anymore.
2: Okay, I mean that's kind of insulting, but uh, that's right. what I'm
4: saying. By, by the Look, fact the truth hurts. <laughs> the fact that you were a I kid. I was to help,
0: but Ali's just over here just hurt my feelings now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm just saying, dinosaurs are they They represent something outdated, old. So maybe you want to either change your ways, or since you were a kid when this was happening, maybe you maybe you were switching up the house. Maybe you were getting new carpet or furniture.
8: Well, me and puberty was kicking in, so that could have been any Right, right.
4: Mm. The bees yeah. were dropping, you know what I'm saying? Outdated the bees. The bees were dropping. Yeah. am popping out, you know, the usual. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Jacob.
1: I like that you're now backtracking to try to make him feel better am, about how I useless am. he
5: is.
4: Why not change
5: right.
1: it. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Jacob. Here's one from uh, the text. Same Mm -hmm. number, 1 800 520 1067. Maybe you can help this one. Allie, I clean swimming pools for a living, and I keep having this dream where I'm on vacation on a cruise ship, Mm -hmm. but while I'm on vacation, I still have to clean the pool on the ship. What's that about?
4: Yeah. First of all, don't uh, dream about cruises. That means you're going to be murdered. Okay. We all I'm, know this. I think no. that's
5: only you.
4: Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. That no, was only. No you. one
5: has ever
1: gone on a cruise ship that wasn't murdered, Kevin. Why don't you I'm watch not, the news I sometimes? Think Thank that's you. Accurate. Okay.
4: Here's the thing: if you are constantly cleaning, and that that's your job, but then even when you're supposed to be relaxing and kind of taking care of you, you time, mm-hmm. but you're still cleaning. That means there's an aspect of your life that you feel isn't tidy, that you need to figure out and fix, because you can't even relax in any shape or form without Mm -hmm. trying to fix. You're a fixer, and sometimes you just have to let things go, but also murder, right
1: <laughs> especially murder yeah are you kidding me <laughs> i'm <Okay>. very confused <laughs> all right let's do one more and let's make it joe he's in los angeles line two up next on the kevin and bean show this i can't, I can't wait to find out mm-hmm. the answer to this one hey joe hey kevin bean alley how you
5: guys doing hey we're
1: show. good
4: <laughs> what's going on oh, Dude. come on man
5: you're right uh, you good well so i've been having these reoccurring dreams lately and mm-hmm. they've
1: been going actually for a while um I've been having dreams about, like, my ex-girlfriends. Uh, yeah, how many like, ex-girlfriends does nine? Joe have? All uh, Well, uh,
2: <laughs> I don't want to say. Um, but they. I've been having
8: dreams that I'm either having a sexual fantasy with them or they're trying to persuade me to have sex with them. Mm.
1: Are you sure you're not awake when you're having this dream?
8: Uh No. <laughs>
4: All right, Joe, here's the thing. Reoccurring dreams tend to have the same theme. They're reoccurring because it's something that you're not acknowledging in the present, in your present mind when you're awake. It's something that you keep kind of pushing to the back. So it's stressing you out. So you're not acknowledging something with all of these women. Maybe, maybe. Joe, could you like dudes?
5: Hello? Uh,
8: I, I, I don't know. I don't oh. know. Okay. Well, That's that so might
4: be something you, you want to look into, that maybe you're not acknowledging these ex-girlfriends and it's stressing you out because there's something deeper. They keep coming into your life to show you that none of them were for you.
1: Right. Try some penis, Joe.
4: Yeah, try some <laughs> D. It's great.
1: All right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Hope we were able to help everyone. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Dream Why can't my boobs get bigger?
2: It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. I
1: was just thinking, we've had thousands of guests over the years doing this program i don't remember the last time we had one who raced from a radio show <laughs> to get to here to be a guest on our show she raced from her own program to join us in the studio here at k-rock but ladies and gentlemen nikki glazer is here
7: hello on the hey nikki welcome back oh my gosh thank you for having me back <laughs>
1: <laughs> Congratulations on your new uh, SiriusXM show. What makes you a very popular and successful s- stand-up comedian and, and television personality want to get up
7: at the crack of ass and do your own morning radio show? I don't know. I think I just... I I don't know. I, I, I've always loved radio and I become pretty g- well versed in it and, and I think good at it because mm-hmm. I just promote shows on the road all the time and I just and it's a medium also where yeah. you don't need to wear like makeup and look great every day and I yeah, think as an aging woman wanted to talk you about woman, that actually Nikki um, <laughs> I resent that. I, I, I just as an aging woman in this business, I was like, I want to get into radio because Wait, you're an
5: aging woman.
7: Yes, in this I, business. In yes. this business, sadly. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, every day it's like a new thing. I just discover something new I hate about the way I look, and I'm like, I want to get into something where looks don't really matter that much. And but the thing is, now they do because every everyone has cameras in the studio, <laughs> That's true, and yeah. then you take pictures after the show that you have to put it on your socials. So I still have to wear hair and makeup and and do that stuff, but it's less about that and um and yeah i actually i moved to new york city so that i could do my show later because oh, it's 3 hours later so, so i figured out i could sleep in 3 more hours and so Very i do it every smart. day from 10 to noon uh, in new york
1: I uh, I don't want to brag, guys, but I am in the Central Time Zone for very similar reasons mm-hmm. right now. So yeah. I hear what you're saying, Nikki. Now, have you gotten to interview people that you admire or were excited to talk to doing your own radio show?
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen was one of them that I was really excited about. She obviously was uh, Kelly Kapowski from Say By The Bell. So like mm-hmm. people like that that just because I'm at the Sirius building, so there's a lot of celebrities doing press tours, and I'm just one of the stops. So you just get sent a list of names every day that like, do you want this person? Do you want this person? And um, she was one that was like so uh, exciting to meet. Just a lot of supermodels I like meeting. I like meeting just like, I like meeting <laughs> models because they're they're not that interesting but they're so beautiful and I mm-hmm. just like to talk to them about like, what's it like to be a model? <laughs> I really find them What's it like being so attractive? Yeah, what's it like to have everything that matters about you be totally physical? And and because that that is a, it's, it is a sad life because obviously we all age and then that goes away and I'm fascinated by like, what are you going to do when you age? And they don't really think about it is what I've found. They don't they don't have a plan. I can
5: see that. Who wants to think about that?
7: You gotta have a plan. And of course. It's gonna happen. Of course. Nikki, do
1: these models that come by your show enjoy your line of questioning? Um... <laughs>
7: they don't care for it they they really don't want to think about those things but i i always think about the the uh, like i used to i i used to have dogs i got rid of my dogs but when i had dogs and by the oh, way don't i didn't say it like yeah, that yeah, what do you mean you
1: got like rid of them, gave, them. Well, they went to live on
7: a farm right i didn't kill them but i gave them to my parents to kill so they're going to take <laughs> care of it send me the invoice <laughs> but um I when I had dogs, I would I got dogs and I couldn't stop thinking about like oh my god I'm gonna see these things die someday I can't believe that and people go why would you think about that and I go I don't know because I plan on living eleven more years like I'm it's gonna <laughs> that's happen reality.
5: that's yeah. a, sort of a weird. Way to look at it, But
7: it's true.
5: You're right, except for most people are just like, let's enjoy it now. Yeah,
7: I know. I'm not one of those people, and I I don't, I'm not one of these people (laughs) that's like, I just want my dogs to outlive me, and I'm just going to, I want to live long enough to walk my dogs down the aisle and see them into their next life. Like, no, you're going to see them die. I like to have control over those things. I like to have a plan. Like, for my dogs, I used to just pick up my dog, Marion, and tell her, like, I'm going to kill you someday. I used to, like, say it like that because she likes when I talk to her like that. But Does the she? truth is, I am going to kill her someday. If she, if I get her back, someday, if everything goes well, where there's not a freak accident, or she doesn't get hit by a car, or, or uh, hit by a coyote, or whatever, uh, a coyote <laughs> takes a hit out on her, uh, <laughs> then I will reach a point where someday I will bring her into the vet, and it will be me telling the vet, like... Finish her. But that's a horrible say, thing you know, to finish her. I mean,
8: <laughs> that,
5: that's a horrible thing to focus on throughout those eleven years.
7: I I don't focus on it all the time, but I just want to wrap my head around it because it will happen. And I but like But it's to very be upsetting prepared. for
1: your dog to hear, Nikki. I mean, come on. At but least I least you say can keep it
7: to like this: I'm going to kill you someday. And she goes, ah! she doesn't even know what I'm saying. Her tail's all wagging. I go, I hate you. You're ugly and a burden on my life. But I'm going to give you away in a couple months. I literally, I moved to New York City with. So I had two do- I got two dogs I was living in L.A.
5: What size? What were they?
7: They're they're tiny. Okay. You know, like one is 20 pounds. The other is like six pounds. And I, uh, th- all I had to do when they had to go to the bathroom was like, you know, walk them once or twice a day. But it was like very easy. And I would have dog walkers uh, to supplement. And then also I would just open my back door, and they would go out in the yard, and they'd come back in, and it was just, like, a great relationship, and then I moved to New York City, and I moved in January, and I moved to a four-floor walk-up, so every time they had to go outside to go wow. pee, Ooh. you walk up and down four flights of stairs, and after about two weeks of that, I just, yeah. I kind of started fantasizing about them passing away, like, sooner than later. I hate, I hated myself for it, because <laughs> these dogs were my life. I... <laughs> Love these dogs. But it sounds as, like it. Every time I closed my eyes, I would be like, "When are they going to die? When am I going to be free?" Like, <laughs> I think it's even okay Blake, that
1: you're not a pet owner now.
7: Yeah, I, I think, think that's so fine.
1: too. That's and I, probably I think a we can move.
7: we
4: go out on a limb and safely say um, you're not getting those dogs back.
7: I know they <laughs> yeah. are living the best yeah. life. I called my parents because I just I was really like. TikTok guys, when is this going to go? <laughs> and I wasn't going to do anything drastic, but I will say we were spending a little bit more time on the balcony. Uh, you know, accidents do happen. Sure. Nikki. And Nikki. I was I I was going to some dark places. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I have to have these another 10 years." And and I never thought I would think this way because I love these dogs more than I could ever think it's I ever Well, You're a huge anything. animal lover it sounds too. sounds like it. I am general, I'm yeah. a huge animal lover, but then I got rid of the dogs. So my mom came to New York and she got and she took them back to St. Louis and people were checking in on me. They were like, are you going to be okay? They're bringing casseroles by the house. Like, I've just suffered this great loss. And I had to kind of play it up like, you know, it's really hard. But in all honesty, from the second they left, I have been living life like Casey Anthony. Like, I, it was the best decision of my life. I got my life back. No regrets. And right. I know that is a terrible thing to say. My dogs are very much alive. It's
5: not as bad as Casey Anthony. No.
7: But I really I I I know that people go, how could she be in these wet t shirt contests after and it's like, no, this bitch had felt freedom again. And I related to it, and I hate to say that I relate to it, but I do relate to it. And that is Let's why I've uh... decided to never have children.
5: That's probably I think that's also very a very good shape. choice. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. I'm All right, my let's. Tubes tied. Let's, uh, let's pause on a happy
1: note, shall we? Yeah. Uh,
5: is there uh, one? Nikki
1: Glaser is here the show, is uh, Monday through Thursdays from seven to nine on Comedy Central Radio. That's Sirius XM channel ninety five. If you want to check out Nikki, quick break more with our guest right after this on K Rock.
2: <laughs> Kevin and Bean on K Rock K R O Q.
1: Uh, Nikki Glaser in studio with us now on the Kevin and Bean Show. She is here uh, not to promote any stand-up for a change, right, Nikki? You don't you have know, any current local dates happening?
7: Oh, I have tons of dates all over the place, like com. Mm-hmm. I'm touring the country every single weekend for the next six months of my life leading up to a Netflix special taping, so I'm really building awesome. my hour right now. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really here to, t- uh, yeah, I have a radio show that I do every single day Monday through Thursday on Sirius Channel 95 from 10 to 12 Eastern.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Seven to nine for us. Seven to nine for you. S- since the last time we saw you, I hear you... I didn't follow it closely, but I assume you won Dancing with the Stars, right? Um,
7: yes, I, I got first voted off so so in a way I got it's first, first. Sure. i got first um in okay. some sort of way yes i was on dancing with the stars on the current season the funniest thing is i've been kicked off this show now for two months and the show is still on the air <laughs> oh, and wow. i i'm on i was a cast member on a show that is currently on the air and it's just it feels so far removed because i was immediately asked to leave but um before
5: you danced it,
7: Oh God, no! <laughs> Directly after, they couldn't have gotten me off any quicker. Why I did, did two you dances, want, and then why
5: they, do you want to do it, Nikki?
1: I don't know. I don't know you, but it doesn't yeah. seem like the type of thing that would be in your comfort zone.
7: It was the most. And that's why I wanted to do it. Was because I have never been more terrified to do anything in my life. I can't imagine. Anything I'd rather not do. I'm a vegan, and I was thinking about it. I'd rather slaughter an animal on live television than dance on television because I have never danced before in my life. I, if anything, I'm really was uh, t- terribly ashamed of how bad I am at dancing. I was ashamed at a young age. I like did a dance once for my mom in my kitchen, and I remember my mom being like, "You're bad at dancing. Like you have no natural talent." Aww. Just like she was just like calling what it was because I don't. The truth. I yeah. literally have none, and everyone. Everyone leading up to this, because I told the producers, I was like, I don't have any dance experience. And they're like, you can probably figure it out. I get there, and my dance partner, by the way, um, is named Gleb Sevchenko. He is uh, the hottest man that's ever talked to me, let alone, like, danced with me. That's comfortable. It was awesome. (laughs) But when he first met me, he was like, oh, okay, like... I look like I could baby dance. I course, fit. you do. I'm, yes. I look like I might be have been a ballerina at one point. Like, I, 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 I present as someone who is fit and physically capable of dancing. Absolutely. And then I started dancing, and he told me later on, he was like, Oh, no. Like, he went home from uh, the first rehearsal really? and talked to his wife, who is a, a choreographer on So You Think You Can Dance. So they're both dancers. And he told her, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in trouble. Do. He, he's, he's, been, he's done every iteration of the show. The show is on in 52 different countries and he's done a bunch of different uh, versions of the show in, across the world. And he said he's never had a challenge quite like mine. He's never met someone. He said he's never met someone who worked harder than me, but he's never met someone who is n- has no natural ability quite like yeah. I, I had. And he told Told me he was like you dance like a robot, and I was like that's not nice. And he real and I started crying like why is he told because he would just say really insulting things, not knowing that they were insulting because he's Russian and like they're just very cold and harsh and just call it like it is. And he would tell me you dance like a robot, and I was like Gleb, that is not nice. And he was like and then he spun it. He was like no, but I can reprogram you because no one's ever and I was like yeah yeah yeah, but he could not. I mean I was terrible. What took Mm -hmm. what took other dancers. Literally minutes to learn. Like other people on the show who have a little dance experience, took me a month to learn one dance. Like I was really, wow. really bad. So you knew from
5: the beginning that you were probably going to be booted quickly.
7: I told everyone I very... said I'm the worst dancer that anyone's ever seen, and everyone goes, "No, you're not." And then I and then I got started dancing, and they go, "Okay, you were right. You were you're really bad." <laughs> you were at not this. exaggerating. But were you say...
1: grateful to be to be sent home, or were you still no, a little bit hurt? At, I oh, was you were...
7: so deeply hurt. I wa- you were hurt because. Because the, I, after doing it a month, I learned one dance, and I was like, okay, now I've learned how to learn how to dance. Because I had to learn how to learn. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know anything, and now, and then once I started learning the second and third dance, because we, the, the, you start learning dances before e the show, before you even know you're going to be around to do that dance, you right. start preparing for them, and then I was like, okay, I can learn quicker now, and I really had some potential, and I, I know they had to eliminate someone, they, um, and I was the first to go, and. I really signed up for the show thinking like the worst thing that could happen would be I'm the first voted off. But I go, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to be the worst. First of all, there's a blind woman in the competition. So certainly I'm not going to be the the worst dancer. And they, no, they determined I was, I was the first to go. I think I would have done better had I been blind because, because I, I couldn't learn from my partner because he was so hot. I would just get distracted. distracted. He would be talking to me and I would be like, Gleb. You're so hot. I just have to tell you right now, like, look how hot you are. And he'd be like... I'm trying to teach you, and I'm like, I just need you to know. And he's like, How do I respond to that? I'm like, Just take it in. Like you're so hot. If you don't know what Gleb Sevchenko looks like, what's his name? His name is Gleb Sevchenko. Sevchenko. Right. He is as hot as his name is disgusting. So (laughs) those are equivalents. He was so hot. I was. I got to dance with this guy four hours a day, seven days a week for 30 days leading up to the live performance. Mm -hmm. So I've been off the show for two months now. I'm still drying out. If you know what I'm saying.
3: Understood.
5: Yeah.
3: Saturated for a month.
7: Yeah. Do saturated. you? Do you think you would
5: have made it further if you had an uglier instructor?
7: I probably would have because I was literally—he turned me into a Samantha. Do you know what I'm saying by that? Like I always really resonated with a Carrie on Sex in the City, but then when I was around Gleb, every single thing he said, I'd be like, "And I, I need that inside me, Gleb," and he'd be like, "That's not professional." I literally was such a horn dog around this guy. I. I I was so gross and I really apologize to Gleb and everyone who had to witness it but I was I was I was scared I was going to slip during the performance because he No, we got, understand. We, <laughs> we, we, we get it. was yeah. moisture. Yeah, we, oh, right, right, we got it. Right, right, You yeah. got it. That I was really my
1: right. dew point no, no, was we, Oh,
7: okay. I can understand. stop talking okay, now. Okay, thank you. Great. So
1: that was the uh, that was the Dancing with the Stars. Uh, that trip. was my but experience. At least, at least you were eliminated before someone named Grocery Joe. At least that happened, right?
7: Groceries, Store Joe was by far. He was my other. He was the guy that we were both like. What are we doing here? We're the worst dancers by far.
5: Were we, you gambling on which one would go home first?
7: Well, yeah, I mean, I just thought. It, yeah, it was kind of like between us. I right. mean, we were definitely the the first to go. It was going to be one of us. And um, and he just only got eliminated last night. So oh wow. my god! He went That's really, hurtful. really far. he must um, have been awful. He, I, I was. <laughs> Terrible. I was really bad, but I I am um I now am like going to take start taking dance lessons. Like it really taught me that I like I love dancing and it really does bring you joy when you dance. Like it's it's therapeutic. Uh It's good for I suffer with depression. It was good for my depression. Like it feels good to move your body to music. There's a reason people do it. It is it is so beneficial in so many ways. But I got really super injured during it, right before it, and that really messed things up. I, I, being eliminated from the show was one of the hardest things I've ever been through. Really, wow. It was really disappointing. You just don't think it's going to happen. You don't think you're going to be standing on stage with a spotlight on you having Tom Bergeron say the first voted off and then that long pause of the dun-dun. Like, I was on a reality show. It was such yeah. a wild experience. <laughs> and then I And if I, if I
1: understand correctly, uh, Nikki, you were not dry at the end of rehearsal too. Do I Because she was right? crying, right. Right, right. I <laughs> was, was saturated
7: right. uh, from tips <laughs> right. t-
1: to, mm-hmm. From head to toe. Yep. Before uh, we uh, <laughs> run out of time, and unfortunately, this isn't satellite, so we really do unfortunately have to have to go. We do have sixty seconds with Nikki Glaser again. Monday, few Thursday from seven to nine. Comedy Central Radio, Sirius 6M, Channel yes. ninety five. Kevin is going to fire a bunch of questions at you. You got sixty seconds to answer. First thing that comes to your mind, Nikki? You ready? Let's
7: sixty start. seconds with Nikki. Glaser. I love this.
5: What were you like in high school? Uh,
7: quiet but funny.
5: What's the worst TV show you like?
7: The worst TV show I like, oh, da, 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 da. I can't, I skip, sorry, I don't, I don't have one. Dog
5: kisses on the mouth, yes or no? Yes. What's the worst job you've ever had?
7: Uh, uh, working at a, a salon where I cried because I overcharged someone and um, and I got yelled at, and I never went back to collect my paycheck because I was so embarrassed at having done such a bad job. So they still owe me money.
5: That's the longest answer so far. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> It's all right. Uh, do you have any uh, secret talents?
7: Um, yeah, I can like do prayer hands behind my back.
5: Prayer hands okay. behind my back. Okay, yes. I yes. um, assume that's what you're doing. And wiggle your back. my ears. Uh, mustaches? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, okay. What fashion trend do you just not get?
7: I don't get uh oh boy. Um I don't like uh uh yeah uh skip. Sorry. I don't skip, know. Okay. God, I'm terrible at this. What's something people Oh god. <laughs> TV show I watch that I'm embarrassed by. Um like that, that
5: that might take a little too much time. I should take that one off the list probably. Yeah, I just don't it's not I a don't rapid watch fire. any TV.
7: I listen to podcasts and listen to ASMR videos.
5: ASMR videos. You yeah, do that.
7: you know about that. Oh right? sure. Oh yeah. yeah that's oh, my. That's oh, yeah. what I'm doing. That's your jam. Oh my god. Hold on. I'm falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's. Nikki, thanks. Thanks a lot for coming by. We really enjoyed seeing you again. Thank you for having me. It's been so good being here. You guys. Good luck, You really guys. I love you. Thank you. Okay. Next time. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Kevin, tell us about uh, what else we need to know. <laughs> the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers are handing out random acts of helpfulness. We all win with a commercial-free drive home today at 5 o'clock. Tomorrow morning, an all-new Kevin and Bean Show. We have uh, animal stories. We have tickets to the K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas. And we have thanks for that info, Bean. How dare you? Tomorrow.
2: It's the Kevin and Bean
0: Show. K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.